some glory. Amen. Amen. I don't need no music. I don't need no, I don't need anything to help me give God the glory. Amen. Because he's a great God. Uh, I do want to let you know that um, Brother Bovell and Brother Boa came out this last week and started doing some cleaning up around the units out here, raking all the leaves. I appreciate them doing the, doing the work around the church. Amen. Certainly good to have men that see a need and take care of it. Um, before I go into reading the Word of God, I want to read something to you that caught my attention, which is what we're dealing with today in society, the relevance of God's Word and in the church. Many people say they believe the Word of God, but yet they don't hear the Word of God. They don't act on the Word of God. So there's a voice that is being heard, which is the heretical voice. To be sure, heretical voices in the Bible are never celebrated, but they are noted. The false prophets of the Old Testament and the false teachers of the New Testament are frequently detailed. As the Apostle Peter declared, there will be false teachers among you. There's going to be false teachers among us. So one Sunday service, one Sunday morning service, one Sunday school service is not going to get you to be founded in the Word of God. They secretly introduce destructive heresies. 2 Peter 2 and 1 says this is the voice that not only speaks against the gospel, but also more specifically attempts to distort the gospel. And the presentation of the gospel to this generation and this culture that we live in. The heretical voice is most, most at play and seems to be the most seductive for Christian leaders when attempting to engage culture. It is, a, it is tempting to try to connect with the post-Christian culture by mirroring its post-Christian values and sentiments. For example, Rob Bell, a former pastor, a frequent guest on Oprah Winfrey's television network, maintains that a church that doesn't support same-sex marriage is irrelevant. That's a pastor preaching, knowing the word of God. Now, this may not go over well for some of you. It may rub your feathers wrong. But let me tell you something. The Bible is real. It is alive. I believe the word of God. If it says that's wrong, then it's wrong. If, he, if the Bible says that it's sin, it's sin. If it drives half of you out of here, I'm sorry for you leaving, but God is going to still be in control in the church. We're going to preach truth to the people that want to hear the truth. We're not letting the heresy get into the pulpit and bring false doctrine into this church. Anytime a preacher gets up and denounces truth, there's something wrong in this world. Listen, he writes a book. He writes a book. Bell had earlier questioned the existence of hell. There's, it's irrelevant to him. And he's trying to make it irrelevant to you. He says, I think culture is already there. Bell continued and the church will continue to be even more irrelevant when it quotes letters from 2,000 years ago. He's right, telling now. me, he's telling you and me that he does not even believe that this is, that this is God's word anymore. Yeah. 
he's, he's, his thinking is that for a church to be relevant, it must not only embrace homo, homoretic behavior, but also uh, jettison scripture as any kind of uh, authoritative guide to, his, to this or seemingly any other culture issues in which public opinion goes against scripture. The new source of revelation is personal fulfillment. So whatever feels good, do it. It's trying to rise up in the church today. You want to know more about it? I'll give it to you. Let me tell you what God gave me. If you'll stand with me, I'm going to preach to the church. So if we have any guests, welcome. We love you. May the Lord richly bless you, but I'm coming to you with the scripture that God has given me. I assure you that God gave me this way before any phone calls came across my, my phone last night or, this, or yesterday. So hear me when I preach this word. This is nothing but a word to the church. So if you're not a part of the church, you can just make it irrelevant. All right? But it's relevant to the church. I've come to speak to a people that are called by his name. They want to make it into heaven. Amen. I haven't come to be playing school and church with you today. I've come to bring a word to you. I will tell you I will not be here next Sunday. We, I'm preaching out. So uh, it's not that I'm trying to leave you and go away. I'm just going somewhere to preach out in Pocomoke City near Salisbury. Turn to Nehemiah 1, 1 through 4. I love the Lord today. I serve a mighty God. I want you to know that anything and everything that you went through to get here today, God is going to move if you allow him. Every struggle you had to get here, God's going to bring you through it in Jesus' name. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hachaliah. And it came to pass in the month Chisalu in the 20th year as I was in Shushan, the palace, that Hanani, one of my brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, the remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province, province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. And it came to pass, when I heard these words, that I sat down and I and wept, and mourned certain days, and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. I bring you a title Old burnt stones and a new wall. Old burnt stones and a new wall. I'm just going to ask you to put your hand and pray that God will help me to minister to you today what he's put on my heart and that our ears and our hearts will be open to receive and that this is not a chastisement but that this is a, uh, a, a, a sounding trumpet, a, a, a man of God that's trying to prepare God's people for what God has in store for God's people. 
Heavenly Father, as we come to you today, I pray for the anointing, the power of the Holy Ghost, supernatural fire to come from heaven and settle up on my lips and to preach your word. God, that your anointing would be, would be upon me, O oh God, that your spirit would open the ears and the hearts of the hearers that are here today. God, that you would quicken our spirit, O oh God, to what thus saith the Lord. God, that you would fire up, O oh God, the anointing and the Holy Ghost in us today. God, that your spirit will move and intervene, that it will stir the very heart of every soul in this place, O oh God. In Jesus' name I pray. I pray bless the ears and the hearts that are open right now to hear what thus saith the Lord in Jesus' name. And I thank you for it right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. You may be seated in the lovely name of Jesus. Never has the church been in a greater need of revival and never have we needed the power of the Holy Ghost and the anointing of the Lord on our lives than we have now with old burnt stones, God is going to do a new thing with uh, them. Amen. God is going to build a new wall and will. And I pray that we will be a part of that. Amen. Amen. Nehemiah is himself a symbolic picture of the Holy Spirit uh, that, that which is the comforter. We know that uh, who helps rebuild and broken lives and broken things that have been broken down. He protects and restores our very soul, our very mind. Amen. And such is the richness of the scripture. That's why I bring to you when people start saying the Bible is irrelevant, let me tell you something. The Bible is relevant to us today. Though it was written many years ago, it still answers, brings answers to you if you will pray and read the scripture. It brings life to you. Amen. That's where we get our, our bread of life from. Amen. Nehemiah was grieved that the wall of Jerusalem was broken down. Amen. I, I'm, I'm, I feel like Nehemiah today, and I wish I had some Nehemiahs in the house of God today. Amen. Amen. Nehemiah was grieved that the walls of Jerusalem were broken down, and Nehemiah could also represent any believer who is in harmony with the power of God, the Word of God, and the Spirit of God. Amen. You need to understand there is a purpose for you to be saved. Amen. And that purpose is to do God's will. See, the wall represents the standard, the power, the strength, the character, and the integrity of the church. All right. I'll say that again. The wall represents the standard, the power, the strength, the character, and the integrity of the church. A wall does two things. It keeps things safe inside. Can I get an amen? Amen. It protects you. Uh, it keeps things out from coming in. Amen. It keeps danger from coming in. It preserves. It keeps safe. It keeps the right things in. It protects. It keeps the bad things out and the wrong things out that try to keep creep in. Let me take you back to Moses. Moses' mother placed him in a little basket. She daubed it with slime and, and with pitch. This was to keep Moses safe inside and keep water from coming in. Right? Amen. There's a purpose. Amen. There's a purpose for that little uh, uh, basket that she made. She knew that she had to pitch it because if she didn't pitch it, water would come in. And the basket would sink and her child would drown. When God told Noah to build the ark. The last thing Noah did when finishing the, and building the ark, he began to pitch it within and without. Why did he do that? To keep the water out. Right. Amen. Amen. 
There's a purpose that God is trying to tell the church. There's some things that he's trying to establish in the church. This was the last step before the boat uh, would begin to ride the flood and ride the waves. But, but it, was it was a most necessary step because it made the ark waterproof. The higher the water came, the more the boat would float. Nehemiah is no doubt a book about revival, about restoration, about bringing back the glory of God to the church. It starts with an honest assessment. Amen. I, I, sometimes we've got to go back and assess ourselves. We have to, we've, we've been, uh, we the church and the, and the board, we've been assessing the building. Amen. Am I not right, Bishop? Am I not right, board? We've been assessing the building. We've been making changes and repairing things because if we don't continue to go back and assess the things of the building and the needs of the building, the things will happen. It will start to deteriorate and it will not be safe anymore. Amen. It will not be the same uh, beautiful building that it is right now if we don't continue to invest in it. So it starts with an honest assessment of the brokenness and the hopelessness and despair of the people that are lost, that have no faith. They have accepted their condition as terminal. Many of us even have, have accepted the, the condition that we're in. In other words, they have given up. Come on. They've turned their back on God. They've given up on life. They've given up on things in the world uh, uh, that, that they should do on the job. They've given up. They've just given up their marriage. They've given up on the marriage. They've given up on things that they should be working hard to, to continue to keep. They had no hope, no ex expectation for change. They couldn't see past their present dilemma. Somebody needs to hear me today. You've been looking at some situations that have labeled you terminal, but it's not terminal. I know it looks terminal, but it's not terminal in Jesus' name. Things are happening around you. The devil says it's terminal, but I've come to tell you, Jesus said it's not terminal in Jesus' name. I know that the doctor says it's terminal, but it's not terminal in Jesus' name. I know that the lawyer says it's terminal, but it's not terminal in Jesus' name. I know what the building uh, people have said, that, uh, the, that our home is in bad shape, but it's not in bad shape. Your enemies are saying it's terminal and even your friends are starting to agree with you. You're looking at the broken down wall and it looks hopeless and broken down in despair. You can't see how God could ever put a marriage back together again. But I see a God putting back a marriage in Jesus' name. I see God restoring things that it need to be restored. You can't see how God could ever heal that disease. But I see how God can heal a disease. You can't see how the ministry could ever be restored or your ministry could ever be restored, but I see it being restored. You can't see how get going to get out, how you're going to get out of debt, but I can see you getting out of debt in Jesus' name. You can't see how God is going to deliver the prodigal son or daughter, but I see him delivering your prodigal son and your prodigal daughter. There's too many people believing in the irrelevance of the word of God, but I know I stand on the word of God. God's word is powerful. You can't, there, there were some people in the Bible in the same situation that, that, that were in the wilderness dying of thirst. The prophet told them to dig some ditches. I've preached this in many different ways. 
but today I'm using it in a different sense. But in 2 Kings 3, 16 and 17, he said, Thus saith the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. For thus saith the Lord, ye shall see, shall not see wind, neither shall ye see rain. Yet the valley shall be filled with water, that ye may drink both ye and your, your cattle and your beasts. So the prophet tells them, you won't see wind, nor will you see rain, yet the valley will be filled with water. So get out there and dig some ditches. Now the irrelevant people said, uh, you dig some ditches. You go dig some ditches. And us people that believed in the prophet went out and began to dig. Because we believed the prophet, what God had spoke to the prophet, that it was going to come to full, full fruition. Amen. I wish I had some people that understood what I'm talking about. God's word is powerful. God don't lie. God don't change. God continues to fix. God continues to restore. God continues to fill the sick with the Holy Ghost. He continues to heal the sick, the brokenhearted. But I need some diggers in the church. There's got to be some people that are sold out. And want to see some things happening in the kingdom of God. You want to see revival. There's got to be somebody to pick a shovel up. But the irrelevant people said, you're, you're crazy getting out there digging them ditches. Ain't no way. No wind's going to blow. No rain's going to come. But God's going to feel, yes, right, prophet. When they woke, when they woke up the very next morning, water came by the way of Edom and the country was filled with water and every ditch was filled with water. I know right now you can't see how God is going to, 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 do, to take care of the terminal situation that looks terminal, but I've come to tell you God's going to turn it around. I've come to prophesy to you that God is bringing and sending water in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's sending revival in the name of Jesus. There's restoration coming to our family in Jesus' name. There's Holy Ghost revival coming in Jesus' name. There's services that are going to be filled with Holy Ghost every service. The sick and the afflicted are going to walk into the house of God and be healed in Jesus' name. The water's coming, church. The water may be, be to you healing for your body or deliverance for your prodigals or restoration to your marriage or even breakthrough in your finances. It may be the end of a spiritual drought. I don't know what, is, what it's going to be. Thank you, Brother McNeil. I don't know what it's going to be for you, but it's coming. It's coming in Jesus' name. Miracles are on the way. Deliverance is on the way in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, the Holy Ghost is coming with an answer in Jesus' name. Amen. Nehemiah was a type and shadow of the Holy Ghost. Uh, I've come to tell you that the Holy Ghost that operates in you and in me is telling me to tell you that there's an answer coming in Jesus' name. So you've got to stop accepting everything that your enemies keep speaking into your, your life and bringing a report to you. Don't even accept the report of your own senses because they'll deceive you in Jesus' name. Believe God's report and dig some ditches, I tell you. Believe God's report. Here's the problem. We don't, we, we, we don't believe it's relevant. We believe it is irrelevant. 
We need something from God. We try to figure out how to meet that need. God said he would supply some of your needs. A few. Oh, y'all got it messed up. It's just a few of them. You sure about that? When God's people believe that he's going to meet that need, amen, you start digging. Show me a shovel and I'll know you believe it's all. That he'll supply all your needs. Show me you're going to dig your ditches. Believe God's report and begin to praise him. I tell you what, when you're in the middle of a storm, some people need to begin to praise God. Amen. When there's no water, you need to just say hallelujah anyhow. I'm going to give you some praise. I'm going to give you some glory. I'm going to give you some worship today, God. I'm going to magnify you. Though I don't see the water today, it's going to be there when I wake up in Jesus' name. You need to begin to believe God's report and begin to dig ditches, church. Believe God's report and begin to praise him in the middle of the fiery furnace. In the midst of the lion's den. In the midst of your pain. In the face of the bad report. Surrounded by broken pieces. Surrounded by voices of hopelessness and despair. You need to dig a ditch. You need to begin to dig a ditch. Take out the word of God and begin to declare the promises of God over your life. Amen. This word is relevant in Jesus' name. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the word of God. Speak it into existence. The Bible says there's life and death in a tongue. When you begin to read God's word, you're speaking life. Nehemiah, the Holy Spirit, comes with a message of revival. The first part of the message is this. It's not over. Some of you have already accepted that it's over, but it's not over. It's not the end yet. And it can be restored. And it can be rebuilt. That's the word of the Lord that has come to us. It can be rebuilt. It's not over. It's, 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 it's not beyond repair. It's not hopeless and it's not useless. Many of us have seen ourselves in a place and think that it is hopeless and that it's, it's in a place of disarray. But Tobiah said to Sambalat, Tobiah and Sambalat say it's a useless waste of time. Uh, you know, the fox will break it down in building the walls, what they were saying. You know, to, Tobiah and Sambala were like, what are you going to try to do? Why, why, why would you even try to build a wall? It's been broke down so long. Some of us have been broke down so long in the spirit that the devil has said, you can't kindle that fire again. You just come, go through the motions, and leave the same way you came in. Because there's no way that it, you can get rebuilt or restored or renewed in the way things are going right now in your life. There's no way that God that you serve or that Lord that you serve that went to a cross really cares for you or you wouldn't be going through what you're going through. The devil would have you have us to believe that it is impossible. He would have you to believe that we can never be healed. Let me tell you something. I spoke a word to the remnant on two Sundays ago. I think it was two Sundays ago. I said, 
I believe God healed my back. Come in here and the devil tried to, to turn my, tore my tear, cause I was jumping, shouting, pray, not, not shouting, but I was giving God glory. All of a sudden, Brother Ely saw I had to stop in the name of Jesus. Her back has been bothering her ever since she got here this morning. I speak healing in the name of Jesus. After I told him, after I told them and testified that God had healed me, I got up here and started giving God some glory. That devil got inside my back and started trying to cause pain. Brother Ely said, oh, we got to pray for pastors. Some stuff is happening. Church began to pray. God healed my back again. I went back to preaching and praising God, and it still hasn't come back in Jesus' name. I'm telling you, we give the devil too much credit. We need to tell the devil, you a liar. I'm healed in Jesus' name. I walk by faith, not by sight. I don't walk by what I feel. I walk by faith in Jesus' name. He's a healer. He's a deliverer. He's a restorer. He's a rebuilder. He's a renewer. The devil would have you to believe that this nation is doomed. And that we are beyond help and beyond hope. And that we have passed the point of no return. He would have us to believe that the evil has triumphed and the false religion of homosexuality and perversion and idolatry has won. I know this is not a popular message for you, but that's all right. You just buckle up. Hold on. We're going somewhere with this. We're going somewhere. We're going to, my, my goal is to take us to heaven on this ship of Zion. Amen. The devil would have you to believe that it's useless and hopeless to, uh, and everything that you do to try to serve God, to get out of the environment or to try to walk with him is in vain. But I've come to tell you it's not in vain. He would have us to believe that, that, we, that, that the preaching is in vain. He would have us to believe that preaching the cross is in vain and the blood of Jesus is in vain and that the remedy of sin and holiness and purity and truth and sanctification are all messages that are outdated, un, un, unpowerful, and powerless. Not true. But the devil's a liar. It's not hopeless. It's not useless. And it's not, it's, and, and, and it's not, this Bible has not expired. I'll tell you that. The gospel is still the power of God. And it will save whom who will believe in him. Amen. And believe the word of God. The gospel is still powerful. It still has an anointing in it. There's still life in the word of God. God's still sending revival wherever the gospel is preached and believed and acted on. You see, there's got to be somebody that acts on the word of God. Coming to church and just sitting down on God that went to a cross, allowed nails to be driven into his hands, nails to be driven into his feet, crown of thorns to be put on his head, and a spear shoved up in his side, and you can't give God some glory? Amen. He, the only reason you got a job is because God gave you that job. only reason you got life in this body is because God gave you life in this body. The devil didn't give any of that to you. Your strength didn't come from the devil. Your strength came from Jesus. Life came from Jesus. Liberty came from Jesus. 
Victory comes from Jesus. Deliverance comes from Jesus. Rebuilding comes from Jesus. I was broke down, tore up from the ground up when I was serving the devil. And if none of you were broke down, tore up from the ground up, I don't know what kind of, I'd like to know the devil you were serving because I was broken. When God got done with me, it was unbelievable, the transformation. Nobody wants to talk about transformation. You can't tell me a doctor did what he did for me. No doctor did what he did for me. There wasn't no psychiatrist. There wasn't no alcohol anonymous. There wasn't no narcotics anonymous. There wasn't no nothing given to me to get delivered off of off of alcohol and, and cigarettes and, and uh, cocaine. God delivered me from every bit of it all by himself, all by his own power, all by his anointing, all by his deliverance, all by his healing. That's the Jesus I serve. A rebuilder. I believe the word of God. I believe revivals in the church today. But Tobiah, we got some Tobias and some ballots. We got some Tobias and some Sam ballots here that are always going to objects and, and they want to resist what God wants to do even in their own lives let alone what God's doing in the church you can say oh me oh my pray for the pastor you can do whatever you want to do people tell me they got the Holy Ghost yet hell breaking loose in your home let me be real with you there is going to be attacks while you walk with Jesus but let me just be, let me reassure you of something. If your wood and your personality of the world begins to pop out, there's no Holy Ghost there. If you ain't got no control over your tongue, over your actions, there's no Holy Ghost in this temple. I'm just telling you, you can't profess to me to be anything if you can't control your mind, your tongue, and your actions. I'm sorry, get hurt, get well, get healed, get rebuilt and restored and get back into the battle. That's the way the devil operates. He's trying to destroy you and if you ain't acting right, there ain't no Holy Ghost there. And then my children want to, I can't be an example to my children. I can't even be an example to my neighbor. All right, let me reel myself back over here. But greater is he that is in me. First John 4, 4. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You need to understand. When God's inside you, there is nothing impossible. Nothing's impossible. I already spoke what you're looking for. It's permanent in Jesus' name. Healing in Jesus' name in your back. You need to understand nothing is impossible through Christ Jesus. That's relevant. I won't let you stand on my Bible, but you can stand on that. You can build on that. You can stand on it when all, all hell's breaking loose around you. You go back to 1 John 4. 
I'm going to build on God's word. Oh, devil, let me just go back to your word. No weapons formed against me shall prosper. I'm going to fight. I'm going to stand. I'm going to hold on. I'm going to rebuild. I'm going to be reunited with Jesus. Because he that is in me is greater than he that is in the world. I want to try to encourage somebody. Your labor in the Lord is not in vain. The devil done told you it's in vain. The devil told you you're here and, and, and because you're here it's in vain. I've come to tell you he's a liar. I've come to tell you to keep preaching and teaching the cross. Sunday school teachers, uh, ministers on staff, church pew sitters, you keep teaching the word of God, you keep preaching the word of God you keep doing what's right, you keep praying, you keep reading the word of God you keep witnessing keep preaching and teaching the blood of Jesus you keep preaching and teaching holiness keep preaching and teaching righteousness and sanctification keep rebuking sin keep casting out devils and healing the sick don't compromise I'm going to tell you, here's where I stand. This is how true I am to God. If I ever compromise the word of God, Lord, you can strike me dead. I'm not worth the salt that goes in my bread. I'm not compromising my salvation or your salvation for no money, for no family member, for no nothing. I'm not compromising. Too many people are compromising. Too many preachers and pastors are compromising. Too many saints of God are compromising and just saying, well, you know, let's make it a buffet today. I like this or that message. I like that or that message. Not that green stuff. None of that today. Some of us need to lift the standard high. And your work will be rewarded. Some of your standards are not high enough. The second part of Nehemiah's message was this. It's going to take some work. Nothing comes free or easy. First of all, the Bible said we would earn our living by the... Sweating is not, don't tell me that's easy. And if anybody tells you living for God's easy, he's a liar too. But I will tell you, I will tell you this. Since I've began living for God, life has been way better than what it was when I was living for Satan. And the harder you live for Jesus, watch this. Some of you might not like the battle that's about to happen. Because the harder you live for Jesus... The stronger the onslaught, onslaught will come from Satan. And if he isn't, if he isn't chasing you, hello, some wrong. You better do a reassessment. You better begin to dip the stick in and find out where the Holy Ghost is. Where am I at in my walk with God? Where am I at in my prayer life? Where am I at in my in my uh, my prayer time? Where am I? Revival is not a random act of grace either that falls up unexpectedly on, on random people from time to time that the Lord sovereignly chooses. Revival is the product 
the fruit, the culmination of the cooperative effort of the Spirit of God operating in His people. That's when revival comes. Nehemiah, the Holy Spirit, Nehemiah is a, a type and shadow of the Holy Ghost, wants to revive the wall. Nehemiah works with God's people to accomplish his purpose. Revival is not an accident either. <clears throat> that wall would never have gotten rebuilt <clears throat> if Nehemiah would not have had a desire. He didn't even live in that province. Okay, you understand where I'm going? Revival begins with the desire for a change. Revival begins when we are able to see and admit that what we have lost, we don't realize we've lost something. And what's been broken down, and we choose to no longer accept it as the normal. That means that when we come into the house of God, though I don't feel like praising him, I'm going to praise him. Though I don't feel like shouting, I'm going to shout hallelujah anyhow. Though I can't sing, I'm going to sing to the top of my lungs. Though I can't dance in, in, uh, uh, on, on key or on beat, I'm going to dance for Jesus. Amen. Though I, I can clap my hands, I'm going to clap my hands when I come to church. Amen. I'm going to give God all the glory, all the honor. Amen. I'm going to praise him. Well, I can. Revival begins when you get tired of the same old, same old. Sin is not normal. Homosexuality, broken homes, divorce, sickness, disease, idolatry, the occult, perversion, they're not normal. It's not normal. Sin is not normal. Revival is God's people praying, fasting, sacrificing, laying aside fleshly carnal pursuits. Uh-oh. Wait a minute. Uh-oh. I'll say that one again. Well, that one must have been pretty good. Revival is God's people praying, fasting, sacrificing, laying aside fleshly carnal pursuits. Anything that doesn't honor God. Of course, the world is changing things, trying to make it look like it honors God. And let me just keep on. Repenting, turning from our wicked ways, crying out to God, and God answering them. We can have revival whenever and wherever we're willing to pay the price. You see, there's a price to be paid for revival. There was a price to be paid to rebuild the wall. It's going to be a price for the church to have revival. There's a price to be paid for your children to be saved. There's a price to be paid to have revival. There's a price to be paid for healing to operate in the church. Revival does not begin with the world. We can't expect the world to get better until the church gets right with God. So revival begins in the church. It begins with every child of God rebuilding the wall in their own hearts. In your own hearts. The wall of honesty and integrity, truth and righteousness. It begins at the altar of repentance. It begins just making the house of God commitment to be at the house of God. I see people, 
they, they, they thank God for their blessings and they, they never even show up back to church. They think they're okay as long as they're paying tithes. I can tell you, your tithes ain't going to save you. Tithes don't save you. Tithes is just a requirement if you're going to serve God. That's all that is. Okay, so don't get in the mindset that you're supporting me or that you're going to buy yourself into heaven because you fooled yourself and the devil done sold you a barrel of lies. Your tithing don't save you. The tithing don't get you in the kingdom of God. So you can go ahead and rob God or whatever you want to do. It does. That's between you and God because it's you and God to be dealing with that when you get to heaven. Because he said, will a man rob? I'm going to tell you what, that's not only in his tithing. That comes, will you rob God and not show up to church? Come on. And then think just because you showed up to church that you done paid your penance. Let me tell you something. And you don't act, you don't even worship God. You don't pray. You don't come to the altar. You haven't paid nothing back to God. You haven't given, you're not, let me just tell you, it's not going to help you in heaven. You better have some things. You better get, you get it under the blood. You better be prayed up, filled with the Holy Ghost, regularly here every Sunday morning if you're not working. You need to be on time. We got people won't even come to Sunday school for Sunday school. I'll show up at 11, and then they show up at 11.15. They can't even make it till morning worship on time. I, I know I'm on my... I, I'm, I'm sorry. I got a message for the church. If you're a guest, I'm sorry. We love you. Come back on another day. But I'm preaching to the church today. I'm preaching to the church because the church has got to have revival. The only way the church can have revival is when God's people get sick and tired of being sick and tired of the same old, same old, same old. I want revival. I want to see people coming up out of their wheelchair. I want to see people being healed of their strokes. I want to see the backsliders that walked away from God come back to the God. I want to see the homosexual being delivered in Jesus' name. I want to see the brokenhearted renewed and healed in Jesus' name. I want to see those that are addicted to drugs delivered in Jesus' name. I want to see depression delivered in Jesus' name. But let me go back to the discouragers. Let me go back to the discouragers. You see, Sam Ballard and Tobiah, as they tried to discourage the man of God and the work of God, the devil hates revival. So the, 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 Santa, the Tobias and the, uh, the, the, the Sam Ballots and, and all of them were like, you don't need to do all that. I pray I don't have no Sam Ballots and Tobias in the house today. I pray I don't. Because I wouldn't want to be a Tobiah or a Sam Ballot and get up to heaven and Jesus go, uh, Alan, why were you Tobiah today? You, you, you tried to hinder the revival. When everybody was worshiping, you just crossed your hands. You said, this word is not relevant to me. It is irrelevant. Depart from me for I know you're not. Nehemiah 4, 41 and 3, or 4, 1 through 3, it says, And it came to pass that when Samballot and Tobiah heard that we 
we builded the wall, he was wroth. They were angry because they had rebuilt something. So there's going to be some angry folk. We love you, but just understand if you get, look, if they get angry, they get angry. Just pray for them. They're not going to like what's going to happen. Matter of fact, they're not going to be able to even sit in their pew because God's going to bring in a, a remnant of people who are sold out. They're going to have to find seating in the overflow room because they didn't get here on time. Hear me when I say, there ain't going to be no two people sitting on a pew and one laying in a pew. Y'all going to be scrunched up just like this, all up next to each other. And when you got to jump up and praise God, you're only going to be able to get your hands straight up like that because there's going to be so many people packed into the house of God. You ain't even going to be able to run. You're going to have to say, excuse me. Let me, let me go outside and run. Y'all let me in when I come back. But there are going to be some people who get upset with, with, with a revival. Uh, they got wroth. They took great indignation. They were upset. They mocked them Jews. Uh, and they said, even that which they build, even what you've already done, the devil and the fox is still going to come in. They're going to tear it down. But here's the part that I love. The words were spoken in anger and hostility. And they were meant to ridicule and criticize, humiliate, and demoralize. But to me, it's, the it's probably the most awesome part of the whole story. Because Tobias says this. What do these feeble Jews, will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice Will they make an end in a day? And then he says, will they revive the stones out of the heaps of the rubbish which are burned? So what he is saying here, can they do anything with those old burnt stones piled up in the trash? Let me just tell you, what God's saying is that some of you are built up over in the rubble. That was considered trash. Because you ain't had a move of God. You've been around the Tobias. The sand ballots. Okay. Can they do anything? Some of you have already said. Well, he ain't done nothing with me yet. So I might as well just stay over here. Let me just stay over here. Get away from all you. Holy roller people. Nasty. Don't love me. I'm a ruin anyway. Yes I am. From the ground up, I'm a ruin. But by the grace of God, he's rebuilding me. He's rebuilding me. Really, what he was saying is, you can't do anything with that trash. That's what he's saying. Uh, you, you can't build anything with those used up, burned up stones. Really, what, we, what he was saying was, the stones are trash and they're not good for anything else. And that's what the devil would tell you. You're not good for anything else. But I've come with a message to you, to prophesy to you. You've been called out to, to be a people who are called by his name to be mighty and powerful in the kingdom of God. When I read, like, read that, it's something is stirred up inside of me because I can hear the devil talking. Gonna hear the devil talking right now. He's going. I'm just gonna come down and speak in your ear. You're not worthy. 
You've fallen. You've been in sin. You can't live for God. You're nobody. You can't. You look at stuff that you shouldn't be looking at. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> Though his words, I can hear the devil saying so many, to so many people, you're no good. You've been burned. You've all messed up. You were not raised in a decent family. You weren't raised in a family of unity. You weren't even raised in the kingdom of God. But I hear the devil continue to say, you've been abused as well. You've been a drug addict. You've been a homosexual. You've cheated on your wife and you failed the ministry. You, you're a nobody. You're rubbish over there. You're done but trash. You're good for nothing. Nobody wants you anymore. That's what I hear the devil trying to say. But I can hear another voice speaking. The voice of Nehemiah, the voice of the Holy Ghost saying, I want these old stones. I want to rebuild them. I want to take them to a pile and begin to get them out of the pile of the rubbish and the trash. I, I want to restore that which has been broken down. Uh, the rejected ones, the broken ones, the ones that didn't fit the right the right, the right uh, position. Uh, I want them back. Uh, the ones that were all burned up. Uh, the ones who carry the scars of the abuse. The ones who with needle tracks up their arms and on their body. The ones who had been rejected by religion and the outcast of society and the lepers. The untouchables. That's who I want is the untouchables. I'm going to do exactly what you said I couldn't do. I'm going to take that these old burnt stones and I'm going to make a new wall. I want to be a part of that new wall. How many are glad today that God uses burnt stones? If God hadn't used burnt stones, I wouldn't be before you today. Amen. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11 says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were... Nobody wants to read that because that's not relevant. That's, that's irrelevant. That's irrelevant. Wait a minute. Ah, that's not me. I'm not like that. No, none of that was me. Bible says, is this not relevant? This is relevant. And, and such were some of you. But ye are what? But ye are what? But ye are what? In what? And by the what? Come on. Amen. Revival. Revival. Let me take you a walk back down memory lane. How many remember the mess you were in when God found you and picked you up? Come on. Nobody wants to remember where they were. They just want to say, bless God, hallelujah. I've always been saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. I don't know what sin is anymore. I've been away from sin for so long. You liar. You just lied. You need to get back to the altar and repent because you just lied. Because anybody that's sitting in under the sound of my voice, if your flesh don't want the sin every minute, 
I don't care how much Holy Ghost you got. The devil knows what he's trying to do. He trying to attempt, he's trying to tempt the flesh. Always. Because that's that's weak. That's that's what he knows how to come after is our flesh. Amen. And if you're not married, he's gonna come at you even harder. You know what? They just did an article. Church has one of the largest pornography problems in the world. In the church. That will tell you that there's people sitting on a pew that believe that the word is irrelevant. Because if you believe that the word is relevant, you would know that it's against God's word and his will for you to be looking at pornography. I don't know why that came out, but anyway, take it or leave it. Whatever. That, this is not buffet. I'm delivering every food to you that you came to get today. You don't get a pick and choose. I'm giving you, I'm serving you up God's word today. Some of you were drunk. Some of you were high on dope. Some of you were unfaithful to your spouse. Some of you were behind bars. Some of you were even liars, cheaters, thieves, and fornicators. And I know most of you here today are looking good, smelling good, got some money in your pocket, and most of you drove your own self here and didn't rent your car. But I've come to tell you the devil will try to cheat you. I'm going to come to a close because I know I don't know how long I've been preaching. I'm supposed to only be preaching you all for 30 minutes. But I can't get to get across what I want to get across to you in 30 minutes. So pray for me. But let me tell you something, church. My heartbeat is, is that we make it into the kingdom of God. And I don't want to just barely make it into the kingdom of God. I want to be like the man running in the race. I may not be fast, but I want to come victoriously across the line. I want to split that. I want to split that line victoriously. Amen. I don't want to run in like this. Crawling in. I want to come in victoriously. Amen. Whatever the cost is, I want to come in victoriously problem is the cost is going to take rebuilding the wall in our lives somewhere somewhere sir hear me so such were some of us in in our past but God but God loved us and with great mercy and forgave us and cleansed us he came down into the rubble and the heaps and the trash piles of life and he picked broken and bruised people up and wounded people up he said that this is what I'll use to build my wall that is what I'll use to build my church I'll take these old burnt stones and I'll build new walls with them I don't care where you come from and what walk of life you were in I've come to give you life I've come to rebuild some things in your life uh, in 2 Corinthians 5 17 therefore if any man be in Christ he is a new creature old things are passed away behold new things become new the, the, there's a spirit of revival in the land I pray we get a spirit of revival in the church God is pouring out his spirit uh, it's unprecedented in, in unprecedented ways there are signs and wonders and miracles being poured out all over the world today but it's not going to happen everywhere 
There are going to be churches that are flooded with, with the glory and the power of God. Churches that are flooded with healings and miraculous moves of God. They're going to be known to be hot spots of revival and, and fire. God is fall, going to fall in those places. Miracles, healings, deliverance will come, be common occurrences in the church. But God's people have to come to a place. They're not satisfied just having church. Can't be a church can't be a church that, that is going to be dry, drought stricken, barren places, no uh, barren places, no presence of God, no supernatural moves of God, or no visitation. Some of us say, why? What's the difference? The answer is the move of God is coming to where we have prepared. If you prepared, the power of God will be here. The answer is the move of God is coming to where they have prepared. It's coming to people who have cleared the way for it. It's not just coming and being a pew sitter, pew warmer, tithe payer. It isn't about all that. It's about being a part of the kingdom of God and doing a work in the kingdom of God. Being hungry to be a soul winner. Being hungry to, to witness to people, to teach Bible study. Ten of them. I don't even know if I've got ten Bible study givers in the church that would take it. Saddens me to say. It's coming to people who are just desperate for revival. We want our children saved, but are we desperate enough for the revival? Because if revival comes here, revival will come to our children. It's coming to a people who are digging ditches. Oh, that's, that's beneath me. I, Pastor, I, I can't pick, put no shovel in my hand. Give me the shovel. Give me the shovel. It's coming to a people who are rebuilding the wall and lifting up some things, the standard, renouncing sin, tearing down the idols that they have built. There's idols. There's, people, there's idols in the church right now. People got idols right now. I don't even, I, I probably should call them out, but I'm not. But we got idols in the church right now. People sitting on a pew. You don't believe you got an idol? You got an idol. Whatever you serve or spend more time other than giving to God, that becomes an idol. Oh me, oh my, go ahead, tell me preach it because I'm preaching good. I know I'm preaching good. You can be mad. You can be mad, cross your arms. But whatever takes on a weekend, whatever takes precedence over your worship, over your commitment and coming to the house of God, Becomes an idol. Amen. Bottom line. Some of you already shut me down. Put your fingers in your ear. I know it looks dark. You're going, Pastor, it looks pretty dark the way you're preaching to me. I don't know how we can have revival when you preach like that. I know it looks gloomy around us. Might sound like crazy man up here speaking prophecy. But revival's coming. I'm going to tell you, revival's going to come. And I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this, and this is boldness. As a, as a minister and man of God, God's already showed me. It'll either be with us, or he's going to bring in a new generation of souls that are hungry for revival. Come on now. And I'm telling you, you're, you come in late, you're going to be sitting in overflow rooms. 
to be in the house of God because God's not playing church anymore. He's not playing, he's not playing with the church. He's looking for people who are sold out that are going to say, I love you, but I'm not staying home because of you. It's coming to those that have been prepared or prepared places. Suddenly it's coming to where the walls are being restored. It's coming where people have been digging ditches, crying out for, their, for God for revival. It's coming to a dry place, the thirsty places, wounded places, broken places. It's coming to, with healing, miracles, signs and wonders. If you'll stand with me right now. The bound, the oppressed are going to be set free. We've got people coming in. They come off and on and they leave. Never delivered, oppressed, never being set free. The drug addicts, the homosexuals, the prostitutes, the fornicators, the alcoholics, the, 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 the people addicted to nicotine, they're going to be set free and set on fire. I don't know about you, but I'm beginning to cry out for revival. I feel like Nehemiah. I can't stand the wall being broke down anymore. I can't stand the wall being in disarray. I can't stand the lack of trust in the Word of God. I believe revival's coming to this church. I also believe revival's coming to your family. I believe it's coming to our schools. There's junk that has distracted you. There's mess that has confused you. There's false teachers that have deceived you. That have said the word, certain words in the Bible are irrelevant. Plan of salvation is irrelevant. Let me tell you, when they realize that they have crucified their Messiah, this is not irrelevant, okay? This is very relevant. This is what's going to get you into the kingdom of God. When they realized they had crucified their Messiah, they said, Peter, what is it that we must do? He began to speak to them. He said, brethren, men and whatever, it's time to repent of your sins. After you've repented, it's time to be baptized in the lovely name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive a gift. A gift. It's not something you have to beg for. And it really isn't something that you need to tarry for for a year. The problem is, in our carnal mind, we don't know how to tarry. We don't know how to pray and let the Lord fill us with the Holy Ghost. We want to know, how is it going to happen? How does that, how, I, I, am I going to hear it? Am I going to know what I'm saying? Am I going to know it? Oh, oh, oh. And then we got people patting you, people pounding you, people spitting in your face. You could speak in tongues right, at your, your, right where you're standing. You can repent of your sins right where you're standing and be filled with the Holy Ghost just like that. I believe we need to be rebuilding some walls. That's why God sent me to speak this word to you today. There's some walls that need to be rebuilt. Some may leave without even coming to the altar to rebuild some walls, and that's fine because that's between you and God. But the bottom line is we all have some breakdown in the wall, some weaknesses in the wall. And the only way that we're going to be healthy for revival is when the wall has been sturdied up. 
It's been restored. It's been rebuilt. And God wants to take the stones that have been cast away. Some of you feel like you've been cast away. You haven't felt the presence of God for a long time. Some of you are very comfortable in the way you live. The way you talk. The way you act. The lifestyle you have. You're, you're okay with that. That's because there's no Holy Ghost in you. I know this is straightforward and hard. I, you know, talking to the church. It's not popular in any churches around here. I'm speaking to you. I'm not talking to any other church. I'm not talking to the, to the street people. I'm talking to the church. Everybody that calls them a member, someone that attends here and is a member here, I'm talking to you. You've got some mess that's messed up. And the only way God can fix this and bring revival to you and the church is for you to get some things rebuilt at the altar. Today. Today. You want revival? You want to really be a good instrument in the world? You need the Holy Ghost to move miraculously on your behalf. You can't be a witness without God moving. How much people profess the Holy Ghost. I sat with a minister who's trying to, again, he promised me he wasn't trying to entertain me for his vote and things like that, but I sat with him the other day at, at 10 o'clock at Starbucks. I quickly told him, I said, just so you know, so we're on the, on the same page link and you don't get offended at me. This podium is strictly for preaching the word of God. It's not a political arena. So if you want this coffee meeting, to, if that's what you want this meeting for, I love you, brother. God bless you, but I got to go. Now, if you want me to be a friend of yours and just be a friend, be a man of God to man of God, I can do that. But I will not have you speaking from my pulpit as, as a district official or running from some office. Not going to happen. Amen. Quickly, he was like, oh, oh no, no, Pastor. I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't insult your integrity like that. Okay, I'm just setting it. I'm, set, I'm just setting you straight now so that you won't be misled. So I'm setting the church in, in, in a place so you're not misled. That you understand the word of God is relevant. I'm preaching to you because hell is real. He even goes on to say hell isn't real. That preacher says hell isn't real. Hell's real. The Bible told me hell's real. God's word. He sent me as a messenger and the message is that if your walls are broke down, if your walls have any breaches in them, you cannot be safe in this world. And that Holy Ghost must be restored for you to be safe in this world. In Jesus' name. I'm opening the altar right now. If you'll come, if you'll come, God will restore that building and that wall. If you'll come, the Holy Ghost will move. Come, please. God wants to do a work. God wants to do a mighty work in you. God wants to rebuild and restore that which needs to be restored.
Nothing is impossible for you. 